across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Good evening and welcome. I've got to keep thinking. I'm getting ahead of myself. Good afternoon, even. Welcome back to uh, From the Terraces. Uh, I'm back from uh, my family event. So thanks very much to Ollie, who stepped in last week. Business as usual today. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing depends on you. Uh, interesting week in the football. United uh, drew and lost this week and, uh, well, more on this later on, uh, probably playing League Two football next year. Histon's unbeaten run goes to nine now with uh, a back-to-back against Cookno uh, this week. Uh, a 3-0 win and a 2 all draw. We'll be talking to Lance later on. And City's game against Daventry was cancelled. That'll be replayed on Tuesday the 28th. Um, uh, We may or may not get in touch with uh, Robbie, depending on whether he responds to my text. And in the women's football, uh, City lost to Actonians uh, last week. Uh, They've got no game today, but they are playing on Tuesday against Norwich. Spoke to Paul Burling, and we'll be playing that later on. And United had no game last week. They played a friendly with the development side. Uh, they've got Wimbledon today uh, kicking off in just under an hour at St. Neer. It's on the AstroTurf, so you can't go in, uh, but you can watch from the outside and it will be free because you're not actually getting the inside. You can get in touch with us all the usual ways. You can text us on 07919 That's 07919 Or you can email studio at cambridge105.co.uk. And we'll start, as we usually do, with uh, Cambridge United. Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, Matt, are you there, Matt? Oh, I am, Tim, <laughs> yeah. Help me out here, Matt. How do you start? <laughs> I mean, this this was a crucial week for uh, United, for the uh, for the men's team, for the club as a whole. Um, we're playing two, uh, we played two of the teams that were around us. We played Morecambe, uh, who at the time had the worst away record and they were away. And we played MK Dons on Saturday, who had the uh, worst home record and they were at home. And we managed to get one point uh, from six. Uh I I've I've kind of I've kind of held off on this for as long as I possibly can. Um I I would love to see a miracle happen but I think it will have to be a miracle to keep us up because I just, with so few goals being scored, despite the fact that we're playing well in some of the games and we're, we're dominating, you know, we dominated large parts of the Morecambe game and we had a really good first half uh, against uh, MK Dons, but yeah, we'll come back to the MK, ones, uh, MK Dons one later and whether we were robbed of it, but the, the simple fact is we're not scoring enough goals. So when you look 
at who we've got to play. Yes, sure, there's plenty of points left. Um, there's even pl- a good number to be played against uh, Burton, uh, Port Vale, Fleetwood and uh, Accrington and Forest Green. So in, in principle, it's still easily easily possible to avoid relegation, but we're just not scoring. And I think it was interesting, Mark's post-match uh, was was quite honest about the whole thing. He has talked recently about how the performance is getting better. Uh, but as he pointed out, it doesn't matter how good it gets. If you don't score goals, then it's, it's, it's worth nothing at the end of the season because if you're not putting the points on the table then you're not going to get saved. I I mean, that's that's got to be the case, hasn't it, really, Matt, now? Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, the performances don't matter. It's all about getting the points on the board. And, um, you know, from the, the two home games that we've had against Portsmouth and Morecambe, we had 41 shots on goal in two games, which must be a club record for us, um, you know, ever. And the fact is, is we've scored one goal in those two home games, as you say. And, and Tuesday was kind of, you know, the catalyst for you know trying to go on a run to try and secure our, our League One status for for next season. And you know, for the first twenty five thirty minutes of of the game on Tuesday, I, I mean, you know, fair, fair play to the players. Like, you know, I will, you know, give them credit where it's due. They absolutely ripped into Morecambe. Um, they looked eager, they looked hungry, they scored a really good goal, really well taken goal by Jack Lancaster, a really good ball by Paul Digby. And when the first goes in, you've got to get the second, you've got to get the third, you know, it's it's all got to follow itself very, very quickly. And, you know, you can point at the fact, you know, with, with Paul Digby having to just have his nose you know, sorted out and a, a change of shirt and everything, you know, it kind of upset the momentum a little bit, allowed the Morecambe manager to, you know, get his players around and just give a mini team talk. And, you know, they, they wrestled control back a little bit towards the end of the first half. And, um, I mean, I didn't even bother watching the goal, but I did see the goal Tuesday. But normally I watch it back, Tim, and I didn't bother this time because, you know, no matter what, it's, it, it is a deflection. It's lucky it falls to the striker and when your luck's against you those type of things happen and you know it, it happened for Morecambe he sticks a ball in the back of the net and the, the thing is is you're looking for uh, a response from the players you're looking for you know for them to go and do what they were doing in the first sort of 25 minutes 30 minutes of the first half into the second half and it, and it took us a long long time in that second half for us to even get going and hit the levels that we did in you know in the first half and yeah we ended the game strong but I mean you know apart from one or two little things we were never going to score another goal we were never going to win that game and um, you know it's just incredibly disappointing because you know we, we it's a game that we should have won but we haven't done and you know playing well is irrelevant now because, you know, we, we've wasted another opportunity and, um, you know, it, it's a really, uh, say it's a really tough one to take, you know, I've been saying for quite a while that we were going down and, you know, Tuesday night was just basically, you know, the, the start of the, of the death knell for us in, in league one. And, um, you know, as I say, if, if you're not going to put the chances away and the two strikers, you know, our two main strikers, Sam Smith and Joe Ironside, they've had enough chances now, um, yes, they scored goals last year, but they're not good enough for League One right now, and and they're not putting the ball away. So, um, 
unacceptable, really. You know, just not good enough for, for what we need, was it? No, it wasn't. And, and if you look at it, Sam Smith scored 19 goals last season. He's got seven so far this season. Uh, Joe Ansai, he's got 14. He's got six. Nib's got nine. He's got five now. So, you know, bet- between between the two of them, between the, the, the two of them, the three of them this year, they haven't scored as many as Sam Smith did last year. So ultimately, you know, we'll we'll talk about who's to blame for all of this uh, at some point later on. But it, it, the, the strikers have to take a massive proportion of the blame. I think you, you know they 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 were good enough last year, um, and they should be good enough this year. And okay, we may be playing against better teams. It may be a stronger league one, but they should still be scoring goals. And they're just not. Yeah, you can argue that, you know, Wes isn't there to give them the delivery. Wes played, you know, only just over what, two-thirds of the game, uh, two-thirds of the season for us with, with, with his rests. So he wasn't always there. It'd be interesting to go back and see if that was the reason, if they did, 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 didn't score at that stage. But they've had, especially over the last few games, they've had the delivery they needed. They've had plenty of chances but just can't score. And I think you can hand out blame to whoever you want, but if you don't... Don't include the strikers in that. Then you know that then then it's wrong. So yeah, I think I, and we all knew that the game finished on the Tuesday, and we knew it was a massive, massive uh, loss of two points. Uh, you know, you, you can't call it a gain of a point, although did draws are fairly uh, rare for us. So we we actually finally got a couple of them. But uh, to lose those two points when you're so you know you you should have been two ahead, you should have been three ahead. And it just didn't happen, and you know that that's the way it goes. And and as you said, as Mark said, and it, it, the performances are irrelevant now. Nobody can, nobody cares what the performance is. We only care about the result because that's what's going to keep us up. And if you look at it, I mean, ten games to play, so there's thirty points there on the table. We've got. At the moment, we're averaging uh, uh, 0.83 points per game. So, you know, eight points to nine points is what we'd expect to pick up from that. And given that Accrington have got two games in hand and Burton won, it looks like Oxford may be, you know, if if Aki win even one of those games they've got in hand, and admittedly they're quite hard games, then it looks like Oxford may be the the team that are joining us down at the bottom end. But they're six points ahead of us. So the fact that we'd only be expecting a maximum of nine now when we need six just to get above them at this stage just means that, you know, we've got to, we're now relying on beating people who we've no business to beat based on our our capabilities and also results going our way. I mean, you look at the, the, the last 10, we've got Charlton, Burton, Port Vale, Fleetwood, Bolton, Peterborough, Wickham, Plymouth, Accrington, Stanley and Forest Green. And if you look at the, I was looking at uh, football web pages. They do this calculation of goals per game, home and away form, to to come up with the predicted table. We're predicted to finish second from bottom, having only gained three more. Uh, I think what. Um Three wins out of the final set of ten games, no draws. Inter- uh, interestingly, so we, we we're scheduled to beat Charlton, which I think will be a bit of a push. Lose to Burton, lose to Port Vale, lose to Fleetwood, lose to Bolton, uh, draw to Peterborough, lose to Wickham, lose to Plymouth, lose to Accrington, and and and, and beat Forest Green. And I think, uh, you know, it, I mean, yeah, we. I think the 
I don't think the Peterborough one, you know, we'd have to be in good form to get a draw against Peterborough. Charlton, I think we could easily not get the points for Forest Green in the the way we're with the way we're squandering chances, and and, and uh, you know what happened last time. That could even be struggling to get a win at the end of the season. By which time it'll anyway all be all be a little bit too late. So I, I kind of I've come to the conclusion finally, and I, I hate to do it because I don't I never, never like being pessimistic. Yeah, I'm optimistic for as long as I can, but I think it really is a minor miracle that's going to save us um, especially because of course we went to Milton Keynes yesterday and had a good first half uh, but ultimately came out in the second half looking really like we don't care too much uh, we go down uh, 1-0 and that just adds uh, you know, insult to injury uh, against uh, uh, Tuesday's result to really really stick the knife in and, and make it virtually impossible I think to actually escape and um, in the game, so refereeing, um, our, our favourite topic, uh, was terrible. Uh, was <laughs> so. This this is the debate that's going on at the moment on uh, on the uh, on social media. So Smith was in an offside position. The linesman clearly flagged correctly that Smith was in an offside position. You can't argue with that, but. Is he is he interfering with play? If you look, there was a, there was a really good photo put onto the um, uh, uh, on the Facebook page um, this morning, I think it was, where it clearly shows that everybody is looking at Lancaster who's lining up the ball. Uh, yes, Smith's close to the goalkeeper, and of course that's why the referee will make that decision because that's normally what happens. But he wasn't interfering with play. It was a straight shot coming from someone in uh, in in a completely different part of the pitch to him with no obstruction of uh, a physical or view obstruction uh, that Smith is providing, surely that's not taking part in play. It's not interfering with the run of play. And, you know, VAR, I would hope, would look at that and, and, and say, no, that's that's an offside position, but it's not actually an offside. But it was given, and then, of course, we concede a soft free kick and, uh, and we go down uh, by one. But were we robbed? Uh, first half, yes, yeah, we were. Um, there's no doubt about it. The, the way I break up yesterday's game is is the first 45 minutes without even being particularly great. Um, as you said, you know, we, we had the, we did have the better chances. Um, you know, Jack Lancaster should have scored. You know, quite early on when he had the chance. Um, and then the offside goal, as you say, that that was that was disallowed. Um, I actually thought Sam Smith was behind the goalkeeper. Like I thought he'd made his run behind the goalkeeper, so he's not, you know, he's not stopping the goalkeeper from diving to try and save the ball. Um, the goalkeeper's like quite clearly given up that he knows that he's not going to get to it because he's wrong, you know, wrongly placed in the first in the first uh, point. And um, you know, it, it's a goal. He's not interfering with play. Um, and the fact that the referee doesn't go over and doesn't even, you know, confer and talk with the the linesman at all in in that situation is is absolutely baffling. Um, and to be perfectly honest with you, you know, the the, the first half, the the officiating from the referee and the linesman, you know, it, it was embarrassing. It was absolutely shocking. It, you know, you wouldn't expect that level. On the Sunday league game, Tim, um, it was absolutely pathetic. Um, the the linesman towards us in the away end. I mean, he didn't have a clue what the offside, like you know, the the offside rule was. He had absolutely no idea in terms of what a goal kick in the corner was. 
um, given the wrong decision when he was only sort of five yards away and had the best view out of everybody um, and, and managed to give a corner instead of a goal kick. Couldn't even give throws right or fouls. Uh, and, you know, it's just absolutely dis- uh, disgusting. You know, it's pathetic. Um, you know, not trying to deflect from the players' performance because obviously they weren't particularly great themselves. And But as you say, the free kick, for for the goal, I mean, it's a good free kick. There's no, you know, there's no blame apportionated to that. It's a really good free kick, and I even called it as soon as he lined up. I said, "This is going in," um, but it's never a foul, not in a million years. I mean, no, nobody's touched him at all. Um, he's absolutely, and the referee's two yards away as well. That's the worst thing. You know, um, we've quite clearly won the ball. He's fallen over because he knows the referee's going to give it. The referee's obliged him. And, uh, you know, they scored the free kick from it. And it, it's just shocking. It's just absolutely shocking. But then at half time, what you want to do is you want your, your management and your players to be fired up, you know, get stuck into each other and say, right, we're going to go out there and put this right because we've been absolutely done here. We're going to go out here and we're going to get something out of this game, whether it's one point or whether, it, you know, you go on and get three, five, hook or by a crook somehow and manage to score two goals. You know, you roll your sleeves up and you dig in. And as you said, Tim, that second half was absolutely, totally unacceptable yet again. And um, as you say, you know, that's that's League Two. In League Two, here we come now, isn't it? Yeah, it, it does look that way. And I think that for, for whatever else happens, and I, I think we'll come on to this in a second because I think this is, this is a really important thing. You, you have to have players who are looking like they want to avoid relegation. Um, People, it's funny, on social media, everyone's talking about how, you know, they've all been approached and they've all decided what they're doing next year and everything like that. But I I, I think you can't, there, there can't be many people who, you know, who would look at where they're at now and look at their performances over recent uh, over recent weeks and months who could be confident that they're actually going to be taken on by anyone else because, you know, you know, Sam Smith, who wants a striker that can only score, what, seven goals in a season? Who wants a striker that can only score six goals in a season? I don't, you know, I don't think the gates are going to be, uh, you know, uh, battered down with offers for some of the players. Some, you know, will be. I mean, I, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if Lloyd-Jones stayed, even if we stayed up, to be honest, but and, and I think there are others who will get offers. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's really important that they show us that they actually, I was going to swear them, uh, that, they, <laughs> that, that, that they actually show us that they care enough to make the effort rather than be pedestrian in the remaining game so they don't pick up an injury and don't go into the summer, you know, with an injury and have to do, uh, you know... I, it's just wrong, you know. People, people paid. I mean, yesterday was only an hours, an hour away. Um, but if you look at recent games, Fleetwood, Exeter, you know, people travel and people travel in numbers to pay money to go and see it, and they've rewarded us in those games with efforts that look like they really wanted to stay up, and you know, we're disappointed with the results. If they start putting in poor performances and look like they're not not bothered, then it's just going to cause a real problem. For for, you know, for the club, because if we do go down or when we do go down, we've got to get people back in for a League Two season. And if people are unhappy, then you know there will always be that percentage of people who will decide that nah, I'm not going this season. Yeah, and you know one of the key things is, is you know they're watching a losing season at the moment. If you you know you think back to to last season. 
And, you know, even the season before, yeah, we couldn't watch the season before. Um, but, you know, the team had a feel-good feeling around it, um, you know, with everybody watching at home. And, you know, there was, you know, good sort of communication between the, the, the fans and the club at the time when, you know, it was it was needed the most because we, we couldn't go in and, you know, see each other and support and, and everything else. And then, you know, last season... As we say, you know, a, a fantastic season by our own standards, you know, really good cup run. And, you know, we've, we've gone from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. And people who are, who are looking forward to, you know, this season, because we did do, you know, so well last year, you know, the, the feel-good factor is, is slowly kind of evaporating because, as you say, you know, People pay their money to go home, away, you know, and they're not putting in the performances. They're not looking like a, a lot of them care. There are some that are they're trying their best and have just reached their limit and they're just not good enough. You know, there's a lot of them, unfortunately. Um, but there are some that think they're better than they are and they're not showing that they're better than they are. And as you say, you know, to think that some of them were, are going to go to bigger and better things, um, you know, it's quite hard to sort of digest because some of them probably shouldn't be going on to bigger and better things and don't deserve to because a lot of them have kind of down tools, unfortunately. Um, you know, you, you spoke of Sam Smith because he's the striker and he's not scoring the goals. But in terms of his attitude, I mean, he's shown parts of it this season, you know, with the way he's behaved at times towards fans and, you know, I know it's not easy, but, you know, you roll your sleeves up and you keep going. But, you know, in recent weeks and in recent games, unfortunately, when the going's got tough, yeah, he makes a good run every now and again. But, you know, the the chances that he should be scoring, he's not taking. And then the runs that he should be making sometimes, he's, he's stopped making those runs now. So, um, you know, and he's not, as I say, he's not the only one, but there are there are quite a few others that, you know, just aren't aren't particularly fussed at all. And, um, you know, as you're saying, for next year, it's going to be interesting how many of them will stay on. Not a lot. In fact, I wouldn't want half of them right now. Um, You know, there's a few of them that unfortunately will probably be fine as squad players for League Two. Um, and some of them that should be gone and will probably stay, unfortunately. Um, I won't mention any names, but you can think of two people that I might be talking about there, Tim. Your favourite, uh, Greg, I'm assuming, he, there. Yeah, well, he might be one, yeah. So, But, you know, it, it's one of those things. And the, the thing as well is that if they want good crowds for next year um, and to continue at the level that we've kind of been on for this season, they need to make a really good start next year. They need to come out of the traps flying. And, you know, they, they need to get their January, oh, sorry, their summer transfer business done very, very quickly for people to get behind the team. And we're going to need at least probably, you know, maybe nine, ten, maybe even up to 12 players, you know, new players potentially, uh, you know, for, for next season. Um, can they get the business done quickly? Uh, have they even started planning, you know, to start and look at players? You know, is there any idea? And it, these are the type of things that, you know, they, the questions need to be asked now because there's 10 games left. We, we're going to go down. We're not fighting. Um, I'll be like you. I'll be absolutely shocked if we win another game for, for the rest of this season because we, we are that bad now. And, um, you know, I'd rather use this time now ready to start preparing for next season in League Two 
and start, you know, getting, you know, our ideas ready for what we're going to try and achieve for next season and, you know, trying to keep a feel-good factor around the club for, you know, potentially what could be a tough League Two season. So, yeah, so we'll see. But, you know, we'll, we'll roll on and we've got next week, uh, you know, and that will that'll be good fun next week against Charlton, won't it? Yeah, it will be. Uh, so let's let's just so take so take a step back to what you said because I think some of it's some of it's really interesting. Is that is this thing about preparation? So the difficulty, obviously, you know, perhaps six or seven weeks ago, we were looking at you know what are we preparing for? Are we preparing for League One? Are we preparing for League Two? But you would assume that the club will, uh, you know. Since since it became obvious that we weren't we weren't as good as we were last year and that it was gonna it was gonna be a close run thing at, at best, there would be a plan A and a plan B. There's prep for League One and prep for League Two, and we know how many players are out of contract. Um, you know that's a that's a I can't remember a, a while since I've been a supporter where that many people have been out of contract at once. So, you know, you know it's going to be difficult. You know, it's going to, if you, even if you want to do the business early, you need so many people that you've got to bring like seven in just, just to get a team to be, to, just to be able to put a team on the pitch. So it's it's going to be really difficult. The, the thing that worries me, and the club, have, the club have made it clear, Paul Barry's made it clear, the club's made it clear that uh, up or down, um, or stay up or go down. Bonner is going to be managing the team next year. Now that assumes that Bonner will stay, but uh, he's given no indication. He's talked about how he will stay if they get relegated. The problem is there is a, a, a I don't know how small a minority it is. It seems to be getting bigger on social media, but those are the people that you know make their opinions felt. But with with the booing that we've had previously and and, and the unfortunate abuse sometimes. It's difficult to see that if if we don't at least finish as, as strong as we possibly can, then more and more people are going to be on you know on, on the back of you know the Bonner out campaign, and and at, at some point it must become untenable for the club to keep him, even though they've said they were going to, um, and it wasn't the typical you know board vote of confidence in a manager. It was a very definite. This is the plan we've got, and he's staying. Can he stay if you know if we don't win another game this season? Well, I mean, my personal opinion is, is he should have gone in January, as you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, he stayed, he stayed on for longer. Um, you know, they backed him in the January window. Um, I, I said that you know, as much as I wanted him gone uh, in December, it, you know, he probably deserved the January window to try and get things right. Um, he hasn't. Let's be honest. He hasn't. That's why we're we're just as bad now as we as we have been. Um, apart from the fact that we we've just about started creating some more chances. Um, so it just shows that yeah, it, in some cases the the January transfer window works, and that we've stopped conceding two three goals a game. We're now down to one, but that's all it takes to beat us now. Um, so you know the the bigger issue was not getting in another striker. I know strikers are at a premium. Yes, he points out that we, we've had, somehow we've had five strikers injured. I don't know where the fifth one, because I'm sure George Thomas wasn't a striker unless I've misread things. But, you know, for Giriok and Abire has been out for so long, it's unbelievable. Um, and, you know, that's nothing against him, but we knew he had injury issues in the first place. Um, Harvey Nibs's injury is just part and parcel of football. It happens. Um, but again, not a prolific 
goal scorer and not even playing as a striker. Um, and, you know, then they've now decided that they think in this system that Shiloh Tracy is a striker. And, you know, no disrespect to Shiloh, but he don't play like a striker. He doesn't look like a striker. And that's no disrespect to him, but he just doesn't know what to do up there. So... You know, at the end of the day, as you say, does, you know, if we lose the next 10 games, does Mark deserve to still be here? Probably not, you know. Uh, will he still be here? It seems so, unless, as I say, he, he resigns himself. But he's going to be under so much pressure going into next season in League Two. There needs to be a clear indication of what our aims are for League Two next year. So is the budget... Uh, let's say a mid-table budget, you know, 12th, for instance, if it's that, then that's fine. That's the expectation for going into League Two next year. But that means you've got to find yourself, you know, 12th place League Two players to come in with a potential, let's say, of, you know, maybe pushing the top 10, you know, as a, as a you know, being optimistic. If they're going to come out and say, right, we're going to have a go at it, we're going to go for the playoffs, then these players have got to not only be good enough for League Two, but they've also got to be good enough to either potentially go up into League One again and, uh, you know, try and keep us up for next season because they're not going to come in on one-year deals, that's for sure, unless they're on massive, massive wages. And then that's going to cause an issue in itself because it's going to be like, well, why has this player been dragged in on, you know, a big one-year deal when we wouldn't do it last season to try and stay in League One where there's a little bit more money and bigger clubs about so, and then the onus, as I say, is, is going to be on Mark straight away because if they give him, a, a say, a top 10 playoff budget and he starts underachieving and we lose, we roll on and we lose, say, the first five to 10 games in League Two next season, then surely his position is completely untenable because yeah. he's, you, you know, he's not done enough, has he? So. And that, and that, and I, I, that's how I see this playing out, to be honest. I, I see that he, I mean, he'd be. Given given the support he's got from the board and from the owner, I I don't I mean it would be a it would be a very brave thing to do to resign when you've just relegated a team if that if that were the way people will look at it. Um, so you'd think he would almost you know and he, he says you know it's is that if 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 that happens then it's up to him to do something about it. So we get. We get Strang and Bonner together to to, to put a team together. Um, if he were to lose the first, you know, if he were to lose the majority of the first ten games, I think that would be the point at which that would it would then become completely untenable. But then you've got the problem that um, you know you've 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 squandered the summer signings on a manager that didn't succeed last year and hasn't succeeded this year if that's how it pans out uh, and then you, you know you've got that difficulty of is there money uh, you know you've got to wait till the january transfer window to do anything about it and it yeah it, it's difficult to know what to do i i mean uh, so some people say I, I mean I'm I'm not I don't think going <laughs> this is going to be really unpopular I don't think going down to League Two will be the, the you know a disaster for us I think you know we've we've be, we've we've we should be able to put a side that's good enough to stay up I don't think it'll be I mean people say it'll be free fall and we'll be down in you know below one below the National League before we can arrest the the, the whole I don't think that's going to happen. But you know that that's always the worry. That's what does happen to some clubs. So I, you know, I just think it's it's very difficult with the club having committed to him so early on that there's really not a lot they can do now about it without uh, you know without 
well, without completely you know, making a U-turn on it, and they've got no reason to because they knew it was going to be this bad, I think, when they made that decision. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Charlton next week um, predicted, as I say, to be a 1-0 win um, based on form of the two clubs and points per game. But... Yeah, great if it can. It's it's in, I think it's interesting though, you know, and and it's numbers, so there's no emotion in it, I guess. But you know, we're we're going to lose to Burton, Port Vale, um, uh, Accrington, and Forest Green, but we're going to beat Charlton and draw against Peterborough. So, uh, uh, you know, I think some of these things are just they're just not going to happen. I did you? I was watching the scores yesterday, and did you? We, I think a lot of Cambridge fans would have been. Uh, uh, What's between a rock and a hard place watching the fact that uh, Cheltenham were playing Peterborough um, and that uh, Cheltenham were actually, uh, you know, they, they were winning 3 0 in the end. So it's like there's only things you, you desperately want Cheltenham to lose, but you don't want Peterborough to win. So that's always a difficult one for everyone. But uh, anyway, Matt, let's see what happens uh, next week. We shall, uh, we shall hopefully uh, have won, in which case we might be a little bit happier, but uh, somehow I doubt it. Uh, Matt, thanks very much for joining us. Well. Talk to you next week. Cheers. Bye. So there we go. Uh, let's listen to. I, I, I do think there's lots of criticisms to be made about everything, but let's listen to what Mark said because I think it was a very, it was a very honest assessment of where we were at. Not that he could really say anything else because to just say the performance was great was would be a would be a, a travesty um, because the, 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 the results weren't. So this is what he had to say following uh, the game. So <laughs> off the back of a couple of good performances over the last week but add goals to it and you've got neither unfortunately this afternoon how, how disappointed are you? Yeah I thought we were okay first half in a, in a, I thought it was a poor game firstly I thought it was a really poor game two teams really devoid of confidence um, we score a legitimate goal and it gets chalked off um, first goal's massive um, I thought we became worse as the game went on in the second half and matched the referee's level um, I thought it was hopeless absolutely hopeless um, and giving fouls and free kicks and bookings to people for nothing um, the first goal is the key in the game. We score a goal that is onside because the lad, Sam Smith, is in an offside position, but he is no way interfering with the goalkeeper's line or that move at all. And then a minute later, he gives a foul that's the softest free kick he's going to give and the lad puts it in the top corner. And in that two minutes, the whole afternoon shifts because the first goal is important. But the second half, we started with a bit of intent. The place was dead, no atmosphere, no drive in the game. We were in their half. And then when we give the ball away cheap, the momentum shifts. And that was how the second half played out. We were, we were terrible with the ball, gave it away so often and, and created hardly any moments of quality. And then lacked a bit of intensity as it went on, despite changing personnel first, shape second, to try and give ourselves something. Um, probably one chance, I think, second half. Sam should do better with a header straight at the goalkeeper. Other than that, we didn't really find any, any quality moments at all. Um, so we're disappointed with our level as the game went on and our inability to create too many good chances. Um, but the turning point in the game is the two minutes where we get a goal disallowed that shouldn't be. It's as simple as that. And it, you can call that an excuse or you want goals to change games. The first goal matters um, and we scored one and it was a really good one. So for that to get taken away makes the afternoon... Um, really difficult for us to take because you know in that moment that that um, when teams are as devoid as confidence as they are the first goal was going to be really important and we, we scored it I was going to say there, there were two bits of quality in the game obviously the Mo Issa goal free kick or no free kick but he dispatches it well and Jack's goal I mean we certainly looked and didn't think it was offside they're clearly looking at, at Sam Smith and saying he's interfering with play that's clearly what the, the linesman thinks but I'll tell you, it's infuriating for you 
Now, to be fair, the linesman flags because he's in an offside position, so I've got no um, qualms with him. The ref's in the middle of the pitch and he decides that he's interfering with it, which is absolutely nonsense. It's a brilliant goal, really well worked from deep in the pitch. It's one of the only times in the first half that we played forward, ran forward, played with enough intent. We lacked forward in intensity, really. And when you play a team that are a bit slow build in their, in their play um, and can't always press, the energy in the game is not always where you want it to be. And we got sucked into playing too slow a game too often and didn't have enough penetration runs and passes in our game but in that build up it's a really good move um, and, and one of the only other times we freed the ball wide to Brofs at one point he, he finds Jack in a cutback which is a decent opportunity um, but there weren't enough of those in our game for sure um, but the goal was a really well worked one and then yeah no free kick but like once he puts it in the top corner like that I think we've had a couple of them here against us um, it's a brilliant free kick but we, we certainly don't think it should have been given in that sense um, or, or they should have even had the chance because we should have been one up at the time do you think that the lack of intensity certainly are after the goal is is psychological to a to, to a certain extent, Mark? Yeah, I do. Yeah, there's no getting away from that. I think there's a little bit of that. I think we hid a little bit in the second half too much and didn't didn't find enough tempo and enough options to pass and to give each other. If you look at how many passes we gave away or we turned the ball over because we just passed a problem to our to our teammate, uh, bounced something in or didn't play with enough zip or tempo and then got frustrated because of it. There's no doubt that that blew us at, like, knocked the wind out of us massively. Um, and I can understand that to some extent, but if we want to stay in the league and win games, we've got to be better than we were in the second half because um, that, that was, wouldn't be good enough to, to do it. And I don't actually think we were under a huge amount of pressure or threat against them today either. I thought it was two teams that look look like the level that they're playing at the moment in the league and um, they managed to come out on top. Yeah, obviously very frustrating. You made the three substitutions as well initially with with Harvey, Joe and Liam coming on. Didn't seem to have any impact. That must be a concern as well, Mark. Uh, look, everything's a concern isn't it? and every decision's wrong when you look at it like that. We changed three to try and get some legs and some energy in the team and then we changed the shape of the team afterwards, go to a back four to try and give ourselves some sort of intent but because we never passed the ball to each other it makes it really hard to have any impact in the game and we played too slow and um, as I say all the other all the other reasons as to why we, we didn't create so much in the second half we did, you know you want a bit of a grandstand finish and a bit of a pump and they killed the game well managed it quite well we were never able to get any momentum um, and we looked like a team that's really struggling um, um, we obviously are, but we, we certainly look like one. And I think, in, you know, even that game today, like we score the first goal, it's a different game. Uh, the other night, the same. You look at the last six games, we took four points, which is way under what we should have taken from the games that we've um, that we've played in, um, from the level of the performance and the chances that we've created. That was our weakest possession uh, in possession day of the week by far. Um, we didn't have enough zip or intensity or quality with the ball that, that we have had recently. Um, so we've got to get back to finding that quite quickly. Yeah, obviously, the uh, MK Dons also look like they played without confidence, perhaps a little bit more after what ended up being a winning goal. But you must have earmarked this game as perhaps one that you could win. Yeah, both this week. We should have taken... We should have, and we should, By the way, we should have won Tuesday's game. Um, and we should have won other games that we played. We should have beat Portsmouth, and we should. Have, but we're the shoulda, woulda, coulda team at the minute. We're, we're not doing it when we've when we've been in a chance. So, um, ten games to see if we've got enough to stay in the league. But at the moment, we're not getting results when we're playing well. Um, and there's other there are other games where we're not playing well enough for long enough. So. You, you end up being where you deserve to be. We deserve to be where we are at the moment because we haven't proved ourselves to be good enough. And the challenge is whether we can or not. But I haven't seen anything else today. We've got to win a lot of games in the last 10 to have any chance. 
talked about confidence on Thursday in the build-up to the game, and it seemed to be returning to the side over the last couple of games or so. Seemed to disappear today. How big a worry is that heading into the final 10 games, Mark? Yeah, everything's a worry. Everything's a worry. Everything's a problem because we can't win and we can't score goals at the moment. So, like, everything's wrong. So, until we solve all of those things, you won't get confidence unless you take chances and so on and so on and so on. And actually, I don't think the confidence does come into the team. I think early in the season, when you play well and don't get results, you can say good performance. When you play well at the end of the season, you have to win. Um, simple as that, you have to win in those games and when you don't, you, you don't deserve to, to get anything from it. So confidence will always be a problem, I think, when you're in this situation. It certainly is for us. Um, but we'll either have a fight and see if we can do something about it or we'll get relegated. Simple as that, really. Yeah, it is simple when you put it uh, like that. So uh, we'll see what happens, uh, Charlton, next week. Um, let's see it. Uh, if, if, see if we can get a point, see if we can get three points, but we'll see if that makes any difference. That'll be a longer-term thing. OK, we'll take a quick break and we'll come and talk about non-league football. Broadcasting from the city centre. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. So, and that wasn't a reference to Cambridge United either. So, uh, this is about Histon and City. So, City, uh, their game was lost to the weather. They were due to play Daventry, uh, but that didn't happen. That's rescheduled for Tuesday the 28th. Um, I was hoping to get hold of Robbo. Let me just check. I don't think he's responded to my text as yet. So, uh, yeah, he hasn't. So, we won't be able to get in touch with him. Uh, 14th in the league, so dropped down a little bit. But they are seven points clear of St. Neat, so I don't think there's any danger there. Uh, he Axley at home uh, this uh, coming week um, which uh, is interesting. Yaxley have actually uh, picked up uh, another point They, uh, I think it was Shepshire Dynamo they managed to draw against um, so just coming into form as they play City perhaps <laughs> um, uh, the other thing to look forward to is that uh, City are playing the United Development team having beaten Wisbeach 6-1 uh, in the Cam's Invitational Cup March 21st at the Abbey Stadium that'll be so that uh, Cambridge City Cape, uh, Histon um, are of all the teams we follow by far and away the best team uh, in terms of where they're at and performance um, they are on a nine game unbeaten run now 23 points from 27 games um, unusual uh, the fixture the fixturing has been a bit strange this year and it meant that although there's a very small number of games left they hadn't played Cook now so they did a double header Tuesday Tuesday uh, and uh, Saturday, uh, a win Tuesday 3-0 and then a draw, uh, a very exciting draw, 2-all on Saturday. I spoke to, to uh, his manager uh, Lance Key, this is what he had to say um, after the game. So Lance, a bit of an unusual week for you uh, this week with uh, I think it's nine games left to go at the start of the week. You hadn't played Cook now at all. You travelled away uh, to play them on Tuesday. Um, in the end, uh, a, a good victory, um, but uh, uh, marred by some controversy with a, a sending off in the second half, uh, including uh, also one of their officials as well. Um, uh, but a game which it, it looks like you, you thoroughly deserve to win and, and nothing to do with the sending off. No, I think, you know, the first 45 minutes was, was fairly even. Um, we took the lead in the first 15 um, and we're on the ascendancy. And then fair play to Cook, though, they they took the game to us. They, they're a young, energetic side with, like, pacey wingers that want to get in behind you. Um, and they created some chances in that first half, of which then they were rewarded a penalty. And again, we're indebted to Sam Roach for another marvellous penalty save. 
to keep it at 1-0. And then we did the the sucker punch just for half-time with, with a counter-attack to make it 2-0 when they were probably the better side. So we go in at half-time 2-0. Just after half-time, I think they'd lost their head slightly. Uh, a player gets he gets sent off for a red card, which possibly I would have said was probably a yellow. Uh, but because he'd been in the referee's ear for about 10 minutes in the second half, you know, the referee had enough of him. And then to, to top that off, one of their officials kicks the ball at the referee, possibly accidentally, but it did hit the referee and he had to go as well. So that marred a good performance on the night because I thought we managed the game really, really well against a side that we hadn't played all season, didn't know much about um, weathered the storm. And then actually our know-how got us through the game and 3-0 could have been 4 or 5 come the end. And that took you to uh, eight games uh, unbeaten. Um, and again, of course, it's uh, cooked now again uh, yesterday. Um, didn't go the same way at all. You were down 2-0 uh, at half time, um, And uh, in the end, uh, late goals from Towner and York managed to uh, pull that back to two all. I guess that's the measure of a side that's really in form is uh, stick it out till the very end uh, and try and get something out of every game. Yeah, I mean, you've got contrasting styles of play. Obviously, they they wanted to play complete football, which in my mind, you can't do that at this level. I, you know, I give them every credit for trying to do that, but you just can't do it on some pitches. And, you know, in, in this league, it's not acceptable every week. But we didn't really get the grip of the game until about the 33rd minute. And that was literally the first time we pressed the ball in the right area to win the ball back. And by that time, we were 2 or down. So, But that was the catalyst, I think, about 12 minutes before half-time where we actually were on the ascendancy. Their keepers made three or four outstanding saves like not just ordinary run-of-the-mill saves just outstanding saves he's made during the, the course of 90 minutes and then obviously the second half we come out uh, we've had a chat at half time and we take the game to him and uh, we ruffled their feathers we got in got in behind them we we upset them um, and yeah and I think at the end of the day I think Sam Rose has had two goals to pick out the back of the net and haven't had a lot else to do and so whereas their keeper probably got their man of the match so it just shows you that we, we created the chances in the second half but that, like you say the pleasing thing was be 2 all down and still be able to grind out a result and keep the run beaten run going was with credit to the players yesterday. And you mentioned Sam Roach, obviously saved a penalty in the first game on Tuesday um, and clocked up his 200th game for the club. Uh, a, a fantastic uh, a fantastic servant to the club and uh, his clean sheet bonuses must be costing you a fair few pennies at the moment. <laughs> well, yeah, thankfully he's only had a few in the last few games because if we'd have started like this, it, it would have cost us a few quid. But yeah, he's been a good credit, a uh, good loyal servant to the football club. I think he's only 23, 24 now, you know, and, and to go on. Already have played 200 games for one club in a fabulous achievement. And obviously with Mac last week, totting up 250, we've got some real players that you know that want to play for this football club and long may that continue. Um, and it's on to Easington uh, next week, um, uh, mid-table side. Uh, and you're fifth at the moment, uh, and I've been there for a while now, but starting to really consolidate and, uh, and make that place your own. Yeah, we think so. The run we've had, you know, like I say, we're hard to beat. I think teams don't want to play us, you know, and right now we're in a rich vein of form. So if we can continue to win games or not get beaten and, and stay in that, we've always said the top six was our, was our, our gambit. We keep saying that. Anything better than that is a, is a bonus this year. And if we can do that, then great. Uh, even next week will not be easy. They beat us 3 0 at their place very early in the season on a very hot day. So we do owe them one, and hopefully we can get our, our pack ready for that next Saturday. And looking at the uh, the run-in um, at the top of the table, you've got rugby who are obviously 10 points clear, although both uh, uh, Coventry Sphinx and Wellingborough have got games in hand over them. Are they catchable, do you think, or will they be the ones that run away with the uh, league this year? 
Well, I think with um, Coventry beating Wellingborough yesterday, I think that gives them the impetus. Uh, I do believe, I think they've still got to play each other, Coventry and Rugby, uh, which then obviously makes that a massive six-pointer. Uh, I think Newport possibly could be out of it because of their Vars run. And all credit to them yesterday for many congratulations to them um, to getting through the semi-final again. Mm-hmm. You know, So I think that will probably take that toll on them. Um, so I think it's probably between Rugby and Coventry strength, if I'm honest. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. So on to the uh, women's football. Um, both teams are in action, but uh, just not today uh, because uh, the City game is against Norwich on Tuesday. Uh, United are 10 minutes away from kick-off on the Astro at St Neots. Uh, spoke to uh, both the uh, uh, chairman at uh, United, uh, City and, uh, and the uh, United manager. Let's talk to Cambridge City first. They came off the back of a 2-0 loss to Actonians before uh, the Norwich game that's upcoming uh, this is what Paul had to say so Paul uh, last week a game against uh, Actonians uh, we, we all know Actonians are a really strong side possibly uh, should be a little bit further up the league given the way I've seen them play a couple of times uh, 2-0 um, many teams have lost by more than that was it a good game yeah it was um, we acquitted ourselves quite well they they scored early um and, you know, it made it difficult to get back into the game, but we held them for long periods of time and their second goal was very late in the game again. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a workmanlike performance, but again, we didn't get a result we'd hoped for. And uh, no game this weekend. You've got a Tuesday night uh, game on the lights at Ely City against Norwich. Um, uh, again, a, another good club. You, you talked last week about uh, now the aim uh, without the the worries of relegation um, is that you want to improve your league position. Um, you've got a couple of games coming up um, uh, that are going to make that uh, as difficult as possible with Norwich, hashtag, and then Wimbledon before you play Chesham, who are just above you. Um, is it likely that you're going to be able to move up, do you think? We'd like to think so. Um, we have what I see as two very tough games against uh, Hashtag and Wimbledon. Um, a a good game against Norwich and Chesham. Um, if we can take four points from those four games, then it, um, we'd be pleased. Uh, the, the Norwich game's our last home game of the season. It'd be a great game under lights, weather permitting. Um, Norwich are bringing a few fans, so it should be a really good game. We look forward to Yeah, 7.45 kickoff on Tuesday at Ely City Football Club for those that want to go and see uh, a game. Um, looking at the uh, squad, we, are you OK in terms of injuries for the, the Tuesday game? I think we've got two out with injuries for Tuesday, um, but they've been out for a couple of weeks anyway, so haven't been playing. Um, but other than that, yeah, we're at full strength, really. And the question that a couple of people have asked, the Invitational Cup, has, has the date been arranged for that? Actually, it doesn't appear in any of the fixture list and I can't see anything on the uh, CAMS FA website. It, for some reason, it hasn't been announced, but the oh. <laughs> date that I've been given is the 25th of April. 25th um, of April. Maybe, yeah, maybe they're waiting for it to be confirmed by, by United because it's at the Abbey. I don't yeah. really know. Um, but yeah, the date we've been informed of as it stands is the 25th of April. Okay, excellent. Well, uh, hopefully uh, that will all get confirmed properly soon. As you say, at the Abbey, which is a nice way to finish it off, and a, a, a kind of old firm clash almost, really, between uh, City and United in cup games. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's the uh, the game everyone wants to see. Um, it'll be a fantastic evening. 
and we had a good game there a couple of weeks ago. Um, so yeah, it'd be a, a good end towards the season. We played Chesham the Sunday after that, so um, not much football in between now and then, but we really look forward to the cup final. And I think, it, it, whilst it's possible, I think it will be difficult. Chesham is obviously the key game, which I think is their last game of the season. Um, so uh, it, it's possible. I mean, a win there would obviously place them above Chesham at the moment. Um, so they'd finish second from bottom um, with the two dropouts. Obviously, no, uh, no, no relegation. Um, United, as I say, uh, six minutes away from kickoff against Wimbledon. Spoke to Darren uh, this morning. Uh, sorry, last night I spoke to him. Uh, this is what he had. To to say uh, yes last night Darren no game last week you had a, a friendly against the development squad uh, it, I guess it gave you a good chance to look at uh, the two squads as a whole and look at some of the youngsters that might be making their way up into the uh, first team squad yeah definitely yeah it was and it was really good for that um, you know the opportunity to look like you say to look at all the players and and because I know the levels of of the players in the first team it was a good marker to have a look at and um yeah there was a couple that, that really impressed um one of them Neve Day will be involved um against Wimbledon so it was a it was a really worthwhile exercise for us to see see the players and see who's ready to maybe make that step so good and it kept us ticking over of course which uh, when you've got a blank week is always a good thing and it's a bit unusual this weekend. It's the first time this season that you've got five games left and it's the first time you've played Wimbledon because of fixture classes with the FA Cup. Um, a team that's looking to uh, get to that top spot uh, needs wins and more importantly needs goals. So perhaps not the best time to be playing them. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. It's, it, I, and Wimbledon are a, are a fantastic side. They were last season as well. Um, one of the outstanding sides in our in our level. Um, and ne never a good time as, as such, I don't think. But, you know, they're, they're going for it. And they're they're going to need a win. They're going to need to score plenty of goals. Um, but, you know, from our perspective, it's about focusing on us because we know what they bring. We, we very much understand what they are as a team and how they set up and how they play. So really for us, it's about focusing on what we need to do and what we need to do well. We've, we've worked on that this week. Um, had a, a good uh, session on Thursday in particular. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's, a, it's another big challenge for the players and, and for all of us, but one that we look forward to. We embrace these challenges. That's what we're in football for. And obviously, uh, without a proper game last week, I, I presume there's no injuries came from the uh, development game and and with a, a full squad this time round? Uh, yeah, no no uh, new injuries from, from the last game. Unfortunately, we've still got uh, Bella Simmons and Alicia Stocker down um, are both still carrying ankle problems from a couple of weeks ago um, so they won't be involved but otherwise we're, we're looking like we've got a good squad so uh, yeah I'm, I think even you know, obviously both of those players will be missed but equally we've we've got some good squad depth now so good opportunity for people to to stake a, a claim for places going forwards and then even looking forward to next season so yeah no no problems with that at all. And you'll be hoping the game uh, at St. Nitz on Sunday will be uh, a better end to the weekend than it started. Obviously, your club lost. Uh, Liverpool lost 1-0 to uh, Bournemouth. And then you were at the MK Dons game, which was, uh, well, <laughs> the, the less said about that, the better, I think. Yeah, difficult weekend so far, but um, <laughs> hopefully we can go and put that right. But, you know, I think from from our perspective, you know, the, the, the club is very unified this year. As we've said many times, when things have gone well, you know, when it, whether it be the FA Youth Cup run or you know, good performances in the early part of the season for the men's team. We're, we're, we're very unified, but that's not just when we're doing well. We are, we are very unified when things are maybe not going so well too. So, you know, it was nice there today to, to be at MK to show some support for, for Bonds and the lads and um, that will continue through the season.
and, and talk about being unified, two of those five games that you've got left are going to be at the Abbey Stadium, which again is a, is a, is a great thing. Uh, it's the, the most number of games we've had at the Abbey Stadium in the season. Season, even. Yeah, and again, you know, it's one of those things we've said quite regularly this season. But it's uh, this, this is a club that that doesn't just talk about things, but they actually put things into action. And when you um, when you also include in there the County Cup final, which is being held at the Abbey, so we've got three more fixtures out of the remaining six that are being held at the Abbey, which is phenomenal. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot of publicity at the moment still, rightly so, around women's football. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're really lucky to be involved at a club who truly do value that and, and want to continue to progress it. So, fantastic for us um, at St. Nears tomorrow. Um, obviously, the game, unfortunately, the, the grass pitch is waterlogged, but we've got the 3G there, so we'll be playing on the 3G. Um, and again, even even with that, you know, we get the full support of the club to make sure we can get fixtures in. So really lucky to be at a good club and, um, you know, excited for what the future holds, not just for this season, but for going forwards as well. And for those looking for a game tomorrow, two o'clock kickoff uh, at St. Neitz on the 3G pitch, which is actually all in the same complex. So head yeah, down to St. Neitz. Yeah, exactly. And can watch from the outside there. So uh, no cost involved. So we'd like to see a few people there. There you go. So if you want to go and watch a game through the uh, through the wire, it's uh, Wimbledon versus Cambridge United women uh, just about to kick off. Uh, that's all we've got time for uh, this week. Stay on board, Cambridge 105 Radio. Plenty to listen to uh, for the rest of the day, starting with Les Ray and Strummers and Dreamers uh, after the break and then moving on through Jazz Today, Polish Wave, Somsha and the Gaelic Word and plenty of evening shows as well. Uh, thanks very much for joining me. We shall uh, talk to you again next week. If you're like me, you've got a family and a business, and you want to protect what's most important when the chips are down. With Woodfine Solicitors, that's exactly what happens. I got a bespoke legal service from a friendly expert team. They really listened to what was going on and tailored their recommendations to my situation, which was, well, that's another story. Anyway, the best thing was that it all happened online. A few simple clicks and I had my quote. That freed up time to focus on... Everything else. Get the help you need when you need it most. Visit woodfinds.co.uk or call Cambridge 411421. Woodfinds, cutting through the red tape. This is Cambridge 105 Radio. Last year we gathered on a King's Parade for the first time. It was not a lot of us, but now it's more than 1,000 Ukrainians arrived to Cambridge. It stops those carbon emissions, which none of us want, for very little visual impact. It's such a good opportunity for anybody, whether you want to get into broadcasting full-time or not. And it's always nice when you see community radio being supported. 